Hey, you ever been to Chancellor Park? That's where I live. My name is Tavin Dillard, and I live in a trailer park called Chancellor Park, and I mow lawns. I'd like to introduce you to my town. I've been making YouTube's videos since about 2006, and then I've transitioned over to other platforms like the TikToks and the whatnot. But here on this podcast, I'd like to clue you into what's going on with me here lately. And this is like a pre-introduction. Now I'm going to send it off to myself for the real introduction. I'm glad you joined me. Bink, bink. Welcome to the Tabin Dillard Podcast, y'all guys. This is Season 4, Episode 12. My name is Tabin Dillard. I'm Oland. I live in Chancellor Park. Mowing, edging, grass-cutting legend. How y'all doing? How's the October's going? <clears throat> oh, mine, pretty good. Thanks for asking. How's the weather in your neck of the woods? It's the harvest season. You know about that? That's the kind of season it is. They call it the harvest season. Well, I'm, like I said, I'm doing good. Uh, you know, we're doing a lot of things uh, this fall. A lot of baking. Uh, not like I'm baking a cake, but I'm eating bacon. You know what I mean? Uh, Tavin's bag of bacon. You can check the show notes if you need a bag of bacon. It's that time of years where folks start thinking about gifts for people too. If you are able to share bacon, that's some um, that's worth sharing. If you ain't, then you can just buy it and eat it. The way I look at it. And you can also check out the group of friends on Patreon. They're supporting me there. I'll put that link in the show notes today. It's a hoot over there. Link in show notes for both them things. Bacon and Patreon. Uh, new merch coming up soon. And we'll talk about that uh, maybe in a future episode. But today, uh, first things first, there's questions for the Q&A. That's the questions and the answer. The last episode of every podcast season is Q&A, where I am answering y'all's questions, and they is coming in. And I really got to start organizing it now, like uh, uh, who, who asked what question and getting them together. Because uh, last week, they started showing up kind of heavy. And keep sending them in, because y'all going to gonna take care of what we talking about uh in just a few episodes here at the end of season four so thanks for that uh, you know about <clears throat> team burger shed in the playoffs oh it's happening we got through what round one last week of the playoffs the winners this week advanced to the championship so how did you do tabin well stay tuned for that i got a softball update there's a little bit of a circus this week with Lady in the Trampoline. You know about that? A couple months back, Mort Wydell, he got a trampoline from Lady in the Trampoline. He had a front yard delivery, which I had my reservations about. Still do, truth be told. Now, Mort and his wife, Donna, who also goes by Glenda, depending on how she's feeling, live out off the highway. Big front yard. Plenty of room. But you can't tell me that folks ain't going to just stop off the road for a hop along, especially school-age kiddos with driver's license who live for thrills like that. So they got that going on. You know, they, like, they'd be just saying to their friends, let's go hop on that trampoline and do front ways flip, things like that. Well, that trampoline busted. The one in Mort Dwight's yard. A couple of them rings that hold the jump part on the frame part. And Mort, along with his whole family, they don't see how this could have happened so fast to a new trampoline. There wasn't no sign of no wear, no tear kind of thing. And well, Lady and Trampoline, they got a reputation. They've been around for years and they've done good work. So... Off the bat, folks are thinking, well, it, it, it ain't like them to have a new trampoline that they sell somebody and then it do this. Now, we ain't got a trampoline in Chancellor Park where I live, but we got pieces of trampolines in Chancellor Park. And they serve different purposes, but best I can tell, they sturdy. Uh, the overall trampolines, you know, that lady in the trampoline put together. Uh, one of the worst parts of the trampoline out in the country when I was growing up was getting off that thing barefoot and stepping on a nest of yellow jackets or into some stickers, that kind of thing. 
then you start hating the pain that goes along with just the trek of getting out to that old trampoline. Like, forget about it. Well, Mort picked up his phone and he dialed a number for Lady in the Trampoline. And they answer, you know, ring, ring, click, hello, kind of thing. And they answer and they tell him what, the, and he's telling them, you know, this is what the problem is, you know. This here's a pretty new trampoline that came apart here and it shouldn't have ought to done that yet, kind of thing. And they listen and they say, we'll take a look, but there ain't no guarantee that we can fix it for free if it's what you call a user error. If you use, now Mort wasn't sure what that meant. And when he told me I wasn't either, then I started thinking, how do you how do you use a trampoline wrong? Now I know there's a number of ways to use it and harm yourself. I've seen it, you know, with my both both my eyes in person before. You jump too high and you drift off course, and you come down right back on the edge where that frame is. Oh, that hurts! Or you hit your heel, you hit your shin, you can hit all kinds of things, and they're just steady pain. You try and do a backflip, but you ain't never done a backflip, so you just mess your neck or your back up, and then maybe you mess your britches because you're scared or confused. You know, that happened too on a trampoline. It can get, it can go sideways real fast. Because once you're in the air, you're pretty much out of control. Unless you can, you know, know how to, you a gymnastic kind of person. But doing them things would hurt you, but they wouldn't make them connectors, you know, on a trampoline come loose unless you was a portly girth, you know, uh, that really tests the trampoline fabric. Now, Mort carries some weight, but even him, with his kiddos on there, they ain't going to get close to the weight limit. So it wasn't just like you know, Mort's family jumping on it was going to do the trick. I mean, that's what they for, trampoline. So I'm trying to figure out what in the world an oozer error is. Like you had a machete in your belt loop. When you land, you're steady slicing the trampoline where it connected to the frame because you're doing flips and whatnot. I don't know. You brought a zero turn on there and cranked it up, blade down, and tried to do donuts. Well, yeah, a user error on that 100%. But I just don't think that's what Mort was doing. And I asked him about that, and he said, no, I can't heave a zero turn up there, Tavin, maybe with a ramp, but I got no reason nor desire to do that. And then he said he don't own a machete. So here we are, kind of back to square one. They supposed to send somebody out Tuesday. Well, Tuesday night showed up and not a peep from Lady in the Trampoline. So Mort and his family, they waiting. Mort tells Donna, Glenda, depending on what she want to be called that day, that he's going to call them first thing on Wednesday mornings, what he told her. Well, that's exactly what Mort do. He say, uh, you know, ring, ring. Hey, this is Mort Dwydell with that trampoline y'all delivered in my front yard and it's busted. Y'all said y'all be out yesterday to fix it, but didn't nobody show up. That's what Mort did. That's what he said he's going to do. That's what I would have done to check on it. If they supposed to come out there and then they didn't come out there, then all of a sudden uh, it looking like uh, they ain't doing their job or even trying to make things right. Like, I reckon that's how Mort said it. I mean, I wasn't there when he called him, uh, but the first thing on Wednesday morning, I ain't at Mort's house, but no matter how he asked him, I guess uh, what they said. You got any idea what they said? <clears throat> they told Mort that they did come out there and they actually replaced the trampoline because they could not believe the amount of damage that thing had in just two months. Well, Mort got a cordless phone. So he shuffled out to that trampoline at a pretty good clip. Like they opened the lines at the water park and you don't want to run yet, but you want to get there pretty quick. So you, you know, being first in line kind of thing. So he's making that kind of walk out to the trampoline. So Mort make it out there to see about this new trampoline they speak of. And he's eyeballing that thing and he starts shaking his head. And now he's on that cordless phone. So, so they can't see him shaking his head, but they could hear him talk. And Mort said, why? This is the same trampoline that was sitting here yesterday. It's as busted as ever. And Lady in the Trampoline was sure they fixed it. 
but Mort knows what he sees with his own eyes right in front of him. So now they kind of at a standstill. And Glenda, that's what she's feeling like that day, hustled out there because she could see from the front room that Mort was getting worked up. And she pasted it all together and said, can they give you the address that they went to? Now she's putting it together. Well, once Mort asked that and they gave him the address, Mort right away, by this time, they was on speakerphone so Glenda could hear, and right away Mort could tell they was giving him Rusty Tidwell's address. So now they putting three and seven together and figuring out oh, the way it sounds that Rusty Tidwell just got a brand new trampoline that was supposed to be going to Mort Dwidell. So Mort get on the phone with Rusty and said, Rusty, did you get a new trampoline? And Rusty said, I couldn't believe it, Mort. I was at work. I came home. There's a brand new trampoline in the yard. We ain't used it much once one of the nephews broke his arm on it months ago. I was storing a truck engine on it. Had it covered up with a tarp for months. Then we had uh, some other ATB parts scattered across it. And after the rains came, that rust kind of spilt all over it. I always heard they had good service, but we wasn't even asking for nothing. And they replaced the whole thing. That's my trampoline, Rusty. That's what Mort said. Rusty's like, what do you mean it's your trampoline? Mort's like, they, they supposed to deliver to our house and they went to your house. And Rusty's like, well, that don't sound right. Mort's like, it ain't right. And then Rusty's like, fine. He goes, well, come and get it, I reckon, but I already got that engine back up on it. So now Mort had to call Lady in the Trampoline and tell them they done delivered to the wrong address and Lady in the Trampoline said they're going to make it right. You know, they'll just pick it up from Rusty's and take it to Mort's. Well, Mort asked him, what are you going to do for Rusty? They're going to bring him back his old trampoline? Plus, Mort said he don't want a new trampoline. He's already got a truck engine sitting on it. Hmm. Lighting trampoline said that's the best they could do. Well, Glenda get on the phone, tell them her name is Donna, and this is what they need to do. She runs Uptown Gal in town. That's a women's clothing store, and she know how to talk to folks. I was getting so worked up for Mort's store, I was about to offer my Meemaw as a negotiator, but you really want to save that ace in the holes the way I see it. Turns out Lady in the Trampoline already throwed out, busted up, whatever you do with old trampolines. They did that to Rusty's, and there wasn't no way it was going to end up back on Rusty's property. So they gave Rusty money that he spent, well, wherever. And the trampoline wasn't something they really took a liking to, and now they, they got their money back kind of thing. I think Rusty had the thing less than two years. So that worked out for him. He kept a new one that's holding the engine. I mean, Rusty got paid for taking a new trampoline. All he did was go to work and come back home. Then Morton Glenda, Donna, depending on how she feels that day, ended up with a new trampoline. And turns out whatever happened to their trampoline was from late night hop-alongs. Who's seen it from the highway and they stopped to do it? I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so, Mort. They still want it out in the front yard, though. I told Mort they may need to put an electric fence around it, but that's going to be their call on that. Speaking of being out in the country, Chet Dilroy wanted to do a harvest mule ride. It's like a hay ride. You heard of hay rides? Like you get a little tractor trailer or whatever. You put hay bales in it, and then it's pulled with a little uh, tractor or, you know, a little pickup truck or something. But people are riding on bales of hay. It's a hay ride, you know, to the country and the gravel roads and, you know, that kind of thing. Well, this is not exactly what that was because this is a mule ride, and mule and hay are different things. One's an animal and one is not. One is food for them. So... That's uh, you, So you're riding a mule instead of riding on hay bales, basically. This is what's going on. So some mules can be trained. Some mules might not want it as much. 
Well, Mary Beth Tucker, she went to school for horses, and she told Myron Curtis that she wanted to go out there with him on a mule ride. You know, they dating and everything. And they wanted to go, she wanted to go through the countryside on the mule rides with him, you know, like a harvest mule ride kind of thing. Like a harvest sunset countryside mule ride. I don't know. I mean, that sounds like that might have been the proper name, or maybe I just kind of made it up, but it, it sounds real beautiful, don't it? I know. Well, Myron told Mary Beth he'd just meet her out at Chet's property after work because, you know, he'd drive a snack truck for a living. Folks call him Bean Dip. I just, I just call him Myron. I don't call no nicknames. But anyhow, Myron was going to show after work. Like, he got to turn in the snack truck at work and get his pickup truck, then meet Mary Beth out there at the mule ride, and she going to be heading that way after she got off work at the veterinary. Myron Curtis and Mary Beth Tucker on a Sunset Harvest mule ride. What could go wrong? Now, they ain't riding the same mule, y'all guys. Chet's got a couple mules, and this is where the story takes a little bit of what we call a turn. So Chet has started doing these mule rides. And like anything, you got to give him a heads up if you want to do it, you know, to make sure he's home and the mules is ready and all that. It's like anything, if you're making reservations for something, some sort of activity or a fancy restaurant, you got to let them know so then they're ready for you. Same with Chet and these mule rides. Well, Mary Beth thought it'd be a good idea to, you know, pack a little supper. Her and Myron can eat while they're on the trail. She packed some pulled pork wrapped in tinfoil, uh, hamburger buns in the big bag they came in, and coleslaw in a Ziploc bag, and barbecue sauce in a bottle, two cans of Mountain Dew. Supper of champions right there, if you ask me. Well, they got there, and Mary Beth has her little knapsack of supper. Myron, he's ready to go. As best he knows, he's ready to go. I mean, he don't know a lot about mules or what to do, but he's like, yeah, let's do this, you know, because all I know is I got to sit on that thing, and it's going to take me on a beautiful ride through the countryside at sunset. And Chet gets the mules out. He's telling them that this mule here is Bullfrog. He's a little ornery. Once you're on him, he'll be fine, but don't spook him. And, well, Bullfrog is Myron's mule. Mary Beth's got the other mule named Adeline, and Chet says uh, she's real sweet. So Mary Beth shouldn't have no trouble with him. Well, Chet kind of points the direction of the trail, and if they take it, you know, and they circle around, he said, if you go that whole way right there, it's about an hour ride at a casual clip kind of thing. That's how it's going to be about an hour ride you pay for. You're going to get on that mule. Uh, Myron's going to get on Bullfrog. And Mary Beth Tucker, she's going to get on Adeline. And you're going to take that casual sunset mule ride through the countryside. Beautiful harvest time. They're going to do that. So that's the plan. Well, Chet basically takes the money because he charges for this experience, and off they go. Chet heads back into the house because Gracie, that's Chet's wife, she runs early bird and gets the perm. And she made cheesy tater casserole. So, you know, that's calling his name on this October evening. Well, Mary Beth tells Myron they should distribute their sundries of the mule hike. Uh, so uh, once they get on there, they're going to each have something on their horse. So she tries, uh, she takes a Ziploc bag of the coleslaw and she ties it to the back of Myron's mule. Then she put them two Mountain Dews in his saddlebags, uh, you know, right right on the, on the mule there, too. So Myron got on a little cowboy hat. I mean, it's a normal-sized cowboy hat, but he got a goodly-sized head, and he don't usually wear cowboy hats, so that's how that go. Well, Mary Beth swing a haunch over the back of Adeline, and she's ready to go. She got them hamburger buns and full-wrapped pulled pork and bottle of barbecue sauce on her mule. So that's how they split it up, and off they go. Clippity-clop, clippity-clop. Clippity-clop. Well, like I said before, Mary Beth went to school for horses, and so she takes some liberties when it comes to the old mule trail. Hear me out. It's kind of as advertised up to this point. Sunset, beautiful, October evening, all that. They probably stop in about 15, 30 minutes for their little pulled pork sandwich Mountain Dew supper when Mary Beth decides to have Adeline 
past bullfrog. You might think, well, that's no big deal, one mule passing another one. Well, I would say you're probably right. It ain't like a steep path or nothing like that, but it's a little narrow. It's a little narrow. So she's like, I'm going to pick up the pace a bit, Myron. Looky here. And like I said, Mary Beth know about all this stuff. She went to school for horses. She got a horse of her own. So uh, she she ain't worried or nervous out there. And she get out of line next to Bullfrog. And Bullfrog see her out of his mule periphery. And Bullfrog ain't having it. So that's one thing Mary Beth didn't expect. That's one thing she didn't calculate for was if Bullfrog don't want to get past. And so, I mean, he picking up speed. Bullfrog start picking up speed and who's on his back? Well, Myron Curtis is on his back. And Adeline's picking up speed because uh, Mary Beth Tucker's on her back and, and, and Mary Beth Tucker is kind of like prodding that mule to go faster. So now Adeline picking up speed, but Bullfrog ain't having none of it. So he picking up speed more. Mary Beth uh, Tucker, she's still like, hi y'all and Adeline to go. Like, hi y'all, let's go. Myron's like, Mary Beth, knock it off. What are you doing? Because he could see every time she's hi y'all and Adeline, uh, Bullfrog saying, hey, you ain't gonna you ain't gonna pass me kind of thing. And Myron's just stuck in the middle. He's like, hey, uh, y'all guys can keep keep your egos out of this and, and try to keep me safe. You know, it's probably what he's thinking. She said, pull back on the reins. Mary Beth Tucker, she's yelling at, at Myron. Pull back on them reins, you know, like slow down your mule so I can pass because he's trying to like, you know, battle us right here. So Myron pulled back and Bullfrog hated that. Now he's bucking. And Myron's little cowboy hat come flying off. Zip, Ziploc seal is steady being tested on that coleslaw, beating against the inside of that bag. And it can only hold on so long. And then there's coleslaw up in the air like a Roman candle. Myron's screaming. Mary Beth is realizing having Adeline pass Bullfrog might cost the life of at least Myron and one mule, if not more. So she bring Adeline to a stop. She's a sweet mule. Then Bullfrog settles down once Adeline do. Myron's done. He tried to get off that mule, his foot get caught. He slip out of his shoe and he slide off that mule onto the dirt path. There at sunset on October evening, coleslaw up his back from that mule bucking and Mary Beth wipe her brow. Trying to act like everything okay because she been there before. She make her way over to Myron's mule, that's Bullfrog, and Myron is just scooting off the dirt path away from any potential mule kick. Then Mary Beth, she reach into them uh, uh, saddlebags grab them Mountain Dews out of Bullfrog's uh, saddlebags, and she gonna treat this like, oh, this is a good time for our little supper stop. You know, just making lemonade out of lemons kind of thing. Like, okay, it got a little wild. Now we settle down. Let's just go ahead and have our pulled pork sunset supper. Well, Myron's out of breath. He's not take, talking at all, and Mary Beth Tucker, she, she crack open one of them Mountain Dews, and it just spew all over her and Bullfrog, and that mule is done. He take off. And Myron says, fine with me. I wouldn't get back on that thing anyhow. Well, Mary Beth's still trying to make this picnic work with one Mountain Dew and buns and pulled pork and barbecue sauce. The slaw is gone, and we got one Mountain Dew down. I don't know if Mary Beth was just determined or lost her short-term memory, but she cracked open that second Mountain Dew, and it spewed all over just like the first one. This time, it hit Adeline, and I guess mules hate getting hit with soda pop because uh, sweet little Adeline, she's off too. So if you keep in if you keep in track of how many mules have ran off out of the two they had, the number is at two. So there's Mary Beth Tucker covered in Mountain Dew. Myron's got one shoe on, dirty slaw up his back, just wore out and emotionally drained. Sun is still setting, glass half full. They may get more than uh, the hour they paid for on this trail, but bad news is it won't be on the back of an old mule. They hoofing it, but not mule hoofs. 
It's their own feet doing the work. And Mary Beth, she didn't even have a chance to get the other food off of Adeline before she took off. So they walking, dirty, sticky, hungry on that path, back up to Chet Dilroy's property. Not quite what Mary Beth had in mind. I think Myron was just glad to still be walking, not be trampled or bucked off by old bullfrog. So again, that's another what I would call glass half full. Chet gave them most of their money back, but Mary Beth, she lost that money on her supper she brought. They seen, uh, they seen that pulled pork that fell out of that uh, temple back on the trail. And, and that's how that old Harvest Sunset countryside mule ride went for them. And all that to say, y'all guys, do you think Team Burger Shed had a tough week heading into our second playoff game? And, you, you know, if we lose, season's over. But uh, if we win, we off to the championship game this week. So Mort, Rusty... And Myron all had pretty eventful weeks between the trampolines and the mule rides, you might say. Cricket took the day off of work to help Mary Beth at the concession stand because it gets busier to end of the season because lots of folks show up now that the game's mean a little more, you know, family members and folks in town. Well, we was playing the Granite Bandits. We played them earlier in the season. Cody Mantell's uncle owns that company and sponsors that team. Well, Whitney, that's her daddy that owns Granite Bandits. Cody's her cousin, and she's dating JT Whitlow. She brings air horns to the playoff game. I can't barely stand it. Only good thing about it is there's lots of folks at the fields and everybody's making noise, so it ain't like the only thing we're hearing down there, and that is a good thing. Well, everybody came to play. Russell Tucker was a pitching gym. He's a guy got a good head on his shoulders. Yes, Mary Beth's older brother. He's a good friend of mine. We grew up together. I mean, he had the granite bandits off balance the first three innings. You know, he's pitching it kind of high, but then you can kind of pitch it a little more straight with a little more on it. I mean, you, it's still slow pitch, so you ain't getting into fastest at all. But he, he pitched that thing. He got that rainbow arc pitch going, kind of standard slow, like I said, soft pitch, slow pitch. But he mixed that fast pitch a little bit where it's faster than slow, but it's still slow down the middle. Very little arch, and that was ha they was having a rough time, you know, just timing that thing up. So Mort, Donnie Wayne, or Ricky Don Pearson, of course Rusty, was just hitting the cover off the ball tonight. Then Russell handed the ball off to Rance Farnhart to pitch in the fourth inning, and then Bandits could see it pretty well coming out of his hand. So they scored about seven runs in two innings between the fourth and the sixth inning. We already had nine at that point when I came up to bat in the seventh. I drilled an opposite field, pop fly, and they couldn't find it. I don't stop running. So I ended up at second base. Stole third, head first, Pete Rose, and then J.T. Whitlow, he come up to bat, and he's standing in that batter box. He kind of digging in a little bit. Whitney's in the crowd. That's his girlfriend hitting on that air horn. He kind of look at her. He wink. Everybody in the dugout's like, come on, J.T., get your head in the game. And he just kind of smile, bend at the knees. Uh, but what that do, that air horn in the crowd, it also distract the other team, too. The pitcher's looking at Whitney, you know, and then watching us argue with J.T. And then he throw that ball up there. What does J.T. do to that ball? He hit a double. And then Whitney really laid on that Aaron Horn like cheese on nacho. She emptied that thing out. So what that do is that put us at 10 runs. JT ended up pitching the last inning for us. I was in right field. They scored one more. But Team Burger Shed, hear me out when I tell you, Team Burger Shed scored 10 runs. Granite Bandit scored eight runs. And we are heading to the championship game next week against who? Team Thunder Punch. 
That's Coach Hicks Jim and his team. Uh, that that's right. They they beat Brunwell Tires this week, and that puts Team Burger Shed up against Team Thunder Punch next week for the championship game of the adult slow pitch softball season in town. Oh, it's only getting crazier, y'all guys. We excited, and Mary Beth and Cricket they ran out of everything tonight at the concession stand. Free snow cones? Forget about it. Not tonight. We just went to the burger shed, and Bud was excited enough for the team he sponsored to make it to the championship game that he gave whoever was there from the team free milkshakes. And I'm telling you, if it's, if it's between a free milkshake and a free snow cone, I mean, there's more, more times than not, I'm going to take a free milkshake. Of course, I didn't have an option tonight because uh, th there were no free snow cones. Myron Curtis, he didn't go. Uh, not not to the burger shed. I guess he need to go talk to Mary Beth because there are still some sore feelings about the mule ride where she tried to pass Bullfrog on Adeline. Uh, but the rest of us, cricket included, got free milkshakes. Now, Bud, he don't he don't usually let the non-team members get nothing for free, but he's known cricket for years, and you know she delivered produce to the burger shed from her daddy's farm, and so they families know each other. And after all, you know, friends is friends and families is families, so. That's how that went. It was a hoot all the way around this week. And we cranking up for some big fall stuff soon, y'all guys here in town. You know, as the lawns are dying, I'm doing a little more at the nursing home where it looks like I may get not just a, not just a volunteer, but maybe get a little jingle in my pocket from, from uh, doing a little work part-time down there too. We'll go see about that. You know, the idea has been floated out to me. A lady in a trampoline, they managed to save face by taking care of everybody. I mean, you heard what they did. Myron and Mary Beth really ringing in the harvest season like nobody's business, and Team Burger Shed giving folks something to cheer about this softball season. I'm hoping Whitney don't buy more air horns this week. Between you and me and everybody else in the world, I just hope Brittany, I hope that Whitney don't bring more air horns. I kind of want to find the store she's buying them from and say, hey, please don't. Please cut her off. She hit her limit. She hit her limit at game two of this season, so... I don't know. Hey, if you need a Bud's Burger Shed shirt, check the show notes. If you need a bag of bacon, got you covered there. Check the show notes. You want to see what's going on on Patreon? Check the show notes. Uh, that bacon's a great snack, great gift. And it's been, it's been a great week. We got a lot, lot more ahead. Pumpkin helmet season is in full swing. I'm working on the, the pumpkin helmet, the snack pumpkin helmet, where you can take your snack. I mean, Halloween season, you know, lots of folks handing out free candy and that kind of thing. Hey, if only you had a helmet to attach that to so that you could ride hands-free. You know, I mean, you could use your hands to hold the handlebars of your bike and you ain't got to hold that candy. I got you covered. I sure appreciate y'all joining me here on what we call the Tappan Dillard Podcast. You can text me at 501-322-6249. You can email me, tappandillard at gmail.com. Those are the two best ways to send in the Q&A for the questions and the answers that's coming in, up in a few episodes. So if you got the time today, uh, please take time, shoot me a, a question for the um, Q&A and just let me know like in a text, hey, this is for the Q&A, uh, so I don't think you just wandering out of the blue what, something about me. And then same with the subject and the email, just say, hey, the season four Q&A, and then I know, I know where it goes, you know, I know what that's about. And so that's, that's that. It's a busy, busy sighting time. And if you got a chance to rate this podcast, boy, I, I appreciate that too. Y'all help promote this. Y'all are the ones folks listen to. Like, hey, if you tell them, hey, check out this podcast, folks, folks believe y'all. So if you mean it, if you want to, give me a writing and a comment. I appreciate it. But please, 
Please have the best week of your life, and if not, at least a good one. Let me put it to you like this. If you ain't been on the back of an ornery mule that knocked slaw up your back and you had to walk the rest of the trail covered in Mountain Dew, you having a pretty good week. Me, I'm Tavin Dillard. This is the Tavin Dillard Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you later.